welcome to day 361 of Shaped by the Word. Uh, in our third season together, the story of prophets. I'm Paul here with Cindy, David, and Matt as uh, we read the final book of our Old Testament, the book of Malachi. And so we come to end. Uh, congratulations to all of you who have uh, stayed with us you know, throughout the whole season. We hope it's been a blessing to you. It's been a blessing you know, to us to read together, to be together, and same time to anticipate uh, you know that many of you are reading with us we think about you often we uh, pray for you and we we hope that you have indeed as we hope we for ourselves have been shaped you know by God's word and have come to a deeper understanding and appreciation for its depth its beauty and uh, the very fact that it is God's instrument in our lives to accomplishes purposes for our lives mm-hmm. so we come uh, to Malachi Uh, We're going to change up the readings a little bit. If you're following us on the app or you're following our reading plan, we found ourselves with one day left over in this season. So we're going to do uh, Malachi 1 and 2 today, and then uh, we'll pick up at the end of 2 through 4, the final day in our time together. So kind of a melancholy time. We're going to miss you next year. But uh, anyway, we deeply enjoyed being with you for this year. So before we read... Uh, you know, Cindy, do you mind uh, lifting us up with a word of prayer? No, I don't mind. Father, we thank you for your word, and we do ask as we enter this time in your word that you would just, um, as you always do so faithfully to us, um, open the eyes of our hearts that we might read with um, an understanding, Father, that would continue the work of transforming our hearts and uh, our minds to be more like Christ. So thank you for this time, Father, and we ask that um, we learn and apply and love you more deeply. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Malachi chapter 1. A prophecy, the word of the Lord to Israel through Malachi. I have loved you, says the Lord, but you have asked, how have you loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, declares the Lord, yet I have loved Jacob, but Esau I've hated, and I've turned his hill country into a wasteland and left his inheritance to the desert jackals. Edom may say, though we have been crushed, we will rebuild the ruins, but this is what the Lord Almighty says. They may build, but I will demolish. They will be called a wicked land, a people always under the wrath of the Lord. You will see it with your own eyes and say, Great is the Lord, even beyond the borders of Israel." A son honors his father, a slave his master. If I am a father, where is the honor due to me? If I am a master, where is the respect due me, says the Lord Almighty? It is you, priest, who show contempt for my name. But you ask, how have we shown contempt for your name? By offering defiled food on my altar. But you ask, how have we defiled you? By saying that the Lord's table is contemptible. When you offer blind animals for sacrifice, is that not wrong? When you sacrifice lame and diseased animals, is that not wrong? Try offering them to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you? Says the Lord Almighty. Now plead with God to be gracious to us. With such offerings from your hands, will he accept you? Says the Lord Almighty. Oh, that some of you would shut the temple door so that you... I would not light useless fires on my altar. I am not pleased with you, says the Lord Almighty, and I'll accept no offering from your hands. My name will be great among the nations, from where the sun rises to where it sets. In every place, incense and pure offerings will be brought to me, because my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord Almighty. But you profane it by saying the Lord's table is defiled and its food is contemptible, and you say, 
what a burden, and you sniffed at it contemptuously, says the Lord Almighty. When you bring injured, lame, or diseased animals and offer them as sacrifices, should I accept them from your hands, says the Lord? Cursed is the cheat who has an acceptable male in his flock and vows to give it, but then sacrifices a blemished animal to the Lord. For I am a great king, says the Lord Almighty, and my name is to be feared among the nations. And now you priests, this warning is for you. If you do not listen, and if you do not resolve to honor my name, says the Lord Almighty, I will send a curse on you, and I'll curse your blessings. Yes, I have already cursed them, because you have not resolved to honor me. Because of you, I'll rebuke your descendants. I'll smear on your faces the dung from your festival sacrifices, and you'll be carried off with it. And you will know that I have sent you this warning, so that my covenant with Levi may continue, says the Lord Almighty. My covenant with him was a covenant of life and peace, and I gave them to him. This called for reverence, and he revered me and stood in awe of my name. True instruction was in his mouth, and nothing false was found on his lips. He walked with me in peace, uprightness, and turned many from their sins. For the lips of a priest ought to preserve knowledge, because he is a messenger of the Lord Almighty, and the people seek instruction from his mouth. But you've turned from the way, and by your teaching have caused many to stumble, and you violated the covenant with Levi, says the Lord Almighty. So I've caused you to be despised and humiliated before all the people, because you have not followed my ways, but have shown partiality in matters of the law. Do we not all have one Father? Did not one God create us? Why do we profane the covenant of our ancestors by being unfaithful to one another? Judah has been unfaithful. A detestable thing has been committed in Israel and in Jerusalem. Judah has desecrated the sanctuary. The Lord loves by marrying women who worship foreign gods. As for the man who does this, whoever he may be, may the Lord remove him from the tents of Jacob, even though he brings an offering to the Lord Almighty. Another thing you do, you flood the Lord's altar with tears. You weep and well because he no longer looks with favor on your offspring or accepts him with pleasure from your hands. You ask why. It's because the Lord is a witness between you and the wife of your youth. You've been unfaithful to her, though she is your partner, the wife of your marriage covenant. Has not the one, the one God made you? You belong to him, body and spirit. And what does the one God seek? Godly offspring. So be on your guard and do not be unfaithful to the wife of your youth. The man who hates and divorces his wife, says the Lord, the God of Israel, does violence to the one he should protect, says the Lord Almighty. So be on your guard and do not be unfaithful. And the way Malachi, you know, is structured, it's structured around there. There are six separate disputes, you know, that the Lord has with the nation of Israel. And uh, Malachi fits, you know, well at the end of the prophets, because even though Israel has returned to the land and they've rebuilt the temple and they've rebuilt the walls, they're slowly drifting from God and they're slowly becoming careless and casual in their devotion uh, to the Lord. And so you see the first of those two disputes, one is you're offering unacceptable sacrifices and the other is you're not maintaining not only your covenant with me, but your covenant with each other and uh, you are unfaithful to the wives of your youth. So these are the first of those you know, two great disputes, you know, that we find. Mm -hmm. Well, I was <clears throat> very convicted by the line, um, I guess it was in verse 6 and 7, you know, when the, the priest would say to the Lord, um, how have we shown contempt for your name? And uh, 
And then it, it would seem like it would be obvious, right? Because they were bringing defiled animals, and yet that was something that they did not recognize. And I just um, felt very convicted by that, just the ways that I need to search my heart and just know that there are ways that are not pleasing that I need to, you know, obviously be open to looking at and be teachable. Yeah, yeah no, very much why that we, you know, we so consent to the Lord. We we feel like anything we give Him, He ought to be grateful for. Mm-hmm. My goodness. Mm-hmm. And I spent 15 minutes in a quiet time. I'm serving in children's ministry. I go mm-hmm. on missions trips. And, then, you know, how could my heart possibly just be, be displeasing to you? Mm-hmm. When the call of the gospel is to give ourselves fully to the one Mm-hmm. You know, has given himself, you know, fully to us mm-hmm. and, and to give him not, you know, the leftover spaces that we can carve out in our life, but to give him the very center of who we are and what we do. So mm-hmm. in, in a way, we 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 bring, you know, factory seconds into mm-hmm. you know, into our mm-hmm. offerings as well. What's left over rather than mm-hmm. what is the very best. Mm-hmm. And it's not even a division between the very best and what's left over. It's all of ourselves mm-hmm. to the one who has given all of himself toward us. Mm-hmm. That's what was standing out to me at, at the start of the chapter too. You know, he, he, he goes towards the priest and gives that warning like you haven't listened and, and you have not resolved to honor my name. You know, I'll send a curse on you, a curse of blessing. Yes, I have already cursed them because they have not resolved to honor my name. And we were even talking as an elder team this morning out of, you know, second Corinthians eight, there's these Macedonian believers and, we see they they give this generous response, right? And you're like, wow, how do they give this generous response to this need in Jerusalem? And we find, and and Paul tells us, well, they gave themselves first of all to the Lord and then to one another. And so there there is this idea of of resolving to give yourself to the Lord, to his things first, and then to one another. But we see here even the priests, they've not resolved to to give themselves, you know, over to the Lord. And and we see what happens because of that. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, just thinking kind of along those lines and watching how the people respond to the Lord, even the opening statement of the book for me is just like, oh, man. Verse 2, I have loved you, Mm -hmm. says the Lord, but you ask, how have you loved us? Mm -hmm. And that really just sets the tone for the rest of it. The Lord is saying, I've loved you. And the people are saying, well, well, we don't don't see it. You know, you haven't shown us Mm -hmm. enough. What have you done for us lately? Are you kidding me? Yeah. And, of course, he says, you know, let me me reverse the argument on you. Let me show you, (laughs) you know, not how I've not loved you, but how you have not, you know, how you have not loved me. Mm -hmm. Uh, You brought, you know, blemish sacrifices. And the priests are dishonoring me. You know, and, and there's kind of a play on the, the word Malachi means a master, you know, a messenger of the Lord. Mm-hmm. But he focuses in that second section on, you know, me- messengers who give half-hearted truths and leave people into half-hearted commitments and uh, do not revere his name and do not offer, you know, an honest appraisal, you know, of the people. Yeah. I was wondering, Paul, if you even saw some some correlation between, the you know, the end of verse 16 of chapter 2 of... Mm-hmm. You know, the, be on your guard, do not be unfaithful. And, you know, obviously thinking about the Apostle Paul being saturated in these prophets and him giving that charge to Timothy, which is something we talk about a lot. You know, watch your life and doctrine closely, kind of be on your guard so that you'll preserve both, you know, yourself and your here, you know, so that you'll be faithful. And, and mm-hmm. so even seeing that call here, you know, I feel like that same call is given, you know, to us in the New Testament yeah, as well. No doubt. And, and of course, you have, you know, picture of marriage you know here is uh to be a picture of god's love and faithfulness you know to you know to his people mm-hmm. uh you know and in the new testament you know paul you know to the church mm-hmm. and, and of course you know part of covenant faithfulness to god is to 
love others, not you know for the sake of convenience, you know, to ourselves or what we might you know get out of it, but as an expression of the undying commitment you know that you know, Christ has has made to us. Because we have it on three levels, you know, you're offering leftovers and second best. You're not listening to the truth, and you're not maintaining faith with each other. Uh, so you're using all of these things, you know, to your own end. Uh, your sacrifices, you're reserving the best for yourself, and you're seeking for the truth. You're justifying your actions, and, and of course, you are not living in covenant faithfulness even to each other, much less, you know, to me and mm-hmm. responding in, in all of that. Mm-hmm. David, do you mind closing us uh, with a word of prayer? No, let's pray. Uh, Father, forgive us when we've given the best of what we have to ourselves and not mm-hmm. to you when we've taken your good gifts and rather than worshiping you and praising you for them, we, we, we've turned them into something they were never meant to be. So we do think that you are compassionate and, and slow to anger and, and do offer compassion and mercy. Um, but Father, may we be a people who renew ourselves day after day after day um, to you and to your people and to your purposes and, and your church and your mission. And, and Father, help us to be a people that live as those who are on our guard so we are not unfaithful. And mm-hmm. we know it's only something that happen if you provide us with that. And so may you be faithful. Uh, we pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Mm-hmm.